Hey everybody, uh, you're about to hear episode two of this pod thing of ours. Just want to do a quick intro. We're going to try and make this a habit on uh, episodes in the future. It won't be long. Just wanted to touch on a few things you're about to hear. And this will also be a time in the future if we ever have anything to promote or God willing have some sort of sponsor and we're doing this professionally, this would be the time to plug them. Otherwise, this is for you six people. <laughs> so in the interest of uh, dressing for the job you have, not the job you want, uh, or half. No. Wow, you really fucked that up. I did. We're you not want gonna a re-intro? No, no. Okay. No, in the spirit of not editing things. It's dressed for the job you want, not, not the, the job, job you, you have. have. So assuming maybe one day we're just sitting on a pile of cash for this, <laughs> this is where the show would be brought to you by... And laughing our fucking asses off if that's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we would, we would really uh, accomplish something there. <laughs> This is episode two. We're going to cover a little bit of episode two of The Sopranos. This was, and still might be, our favorite episode because mm. we accidentally learned that we both uh, have a tendency to uh, steal from grocery stores. You'll enjoy that when we get there. Mm -hmm. Self-checkout, uh, people. <laughs> I also, at the tail end of this one, uh, told a, uh, a classic tale of my friend Adam crashing our uncle's wedding uh, and what happened afterwards. I do oh, want Juggalo. Oh, we got into the jug Long Juggalo segment. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was good, <laughs> but you'll get it. You tell us or don't. The thing I wanted to clarify is I, I don't remember all the details about what happened after the crash. And I may be misremembering some of it uh, since my buddy is no longer with us. I would hate for any of his family to ever hear it. And for me to have told one big accidental lie. Fake but, news. Fake news. Exactly. But as I remember it, what I kind of tell at the uh, the end, tail end of this episode is kind of what I remember uh, I don't think there's anything else to really clarify or get out of the way. We just wanted to sit back and enjoy the ride. All right. Enjoy episode two. We'll see you guys next week. This one's definitely better than last week. So, you know, preemptive sorry for three. <laughs> and we're out. So we are at episode two here of this pod thing of ours. I'm your host, Brent. Hi there. Hello, by the way. Might have been a better start. At least. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I said. My bad. The first one. My, yeah. You I guess. Go ahead and introduce consistency. yourself. Consistency. Yeah, it's Austin here. We're doing uh, episode two. Episode two, this pod thing <laughs> of ours. TPTO at TPTO <laughs> at gmail.com. W-F-U-C-K 97.2 Northern Bergen, New Jersey. The BAM. <laughs> so this is going to be a lot like the first episode. If things Equally work, shitty. <laughs> if things work out go according to plan, you will have heard that first episode at some point, and you'll be hearing this one on the Tuesday after. There's also a chance this could be episode one, because we can't seem to find a way to save the initial one. Yeah, without uh, eating up all our space. Well, you know, I mean, this is a this, this is all being done on a phone with a really nice microphone. Uh, but it's a 64 gigabyte phone. I think we're good for one more. But uh, this is episode two of the show. We'll also be covering episode two, season one of The Sopranos, which is I, I mean, really, technically, it's the first episode because most shows don't consider the pilot. Want to stop you there, episode one, Mr. Brent? Want to stop you for a second? Well, I wanted to hear your rendition of the. Intro song that you gave oh, me earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this could potentially for be fans of the show. If you haven't seen, this is what Prince version of the intro, <laughs> Mr. Brent's version of the intro song. Bum ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum. <laughs> well, I can't do it if you're gonna I, laugh. I, I, honestly, 
It, well, that's it. You just did it. And I, it sounds <laughs> more it. like it sounds more like the intro from the Ten Commandments. Sure. By Cecil B. De, Cecil B. DeMille than it does. Bum ba da ba da ba dum ba da ba like where is that? Dum dum da da Yeah, that's not it. So yeah, actually, this is episode episode two, titled Forty Six and Long. So it's the first episode, or it's not a football game. Forty Six Long. It's where they they have an idea. This is where they they have a stride. They know what they want to do. They've been accepted. You can tell that David Chase has been given a lot more leniency to do exactly what he wants to do, and you get uh, just a all-balls-out opening. I mean, the opening sequence is a truck uh, hijacking scene with Brendan Fallone and Christopher Moltisanti, and it's bloody, and it's vicious, and it's it's just uh, the first time the show starts with a bang. Let's, uh, let's hit pause on the show, though. Yeah. It's, it's literally? Good. It's, yeah, literally. It's good that we introed it, but... The shows are only fifty minutes long. Let's get some uh, let's get some show, unrelated show shit out of the way. Okay. So uh, we were kind of just joshing about this before talking about uh, our day. It's Tuesday of the week. How's your mm. week going so far? It's Tuesday. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I had a I had a decent day today. I saw a guy today when I was driving home. I had a weird day because uh, my oldest had to go to the doctor in the middle of the day and I had to take her. So I kind of ended up leaving work early and she was with me the rest of the day. But I saw a guy when I was driving her home this afternoon that he was he was he's one of those guys that you see that's walking down a street that most people wouldn't walk down because it's like a 45 mile an hour, you know, four lane highway. OK. And uh, he's a big guy. Like what are we talking? We're talking like thyroid problem. Big. Deuce and a half. Three. Yeah, three bills. Three, oh yeah, like, like buy special pants, big, like, oh, big guy. Okay, but he was dressed in a way that would suggest he's a fan of like the insane clown posse. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about the Juggalos. This is completely unrelated. Drinks a lot of Fago. Probably. Mm-hmm. This kind of comes to mind because this is where we meet Brendan. Yeah, you mentioned it in episode <laughs> one. You were ready to to shit all over Brendan Falone. So well, I'm he's just a to shitty, methy person and that makes me think of the juggalos and then that makes me think of of this guy i saw anyways it made me think of a kind of a funny comedy premise juggalo face paint juggalos please subscribe <laughs> uh just wanted to throw that in there we don't all hate juggalos mr brent clearly has a problem <laughs> i wouldn't say i have a problem but it just occurred to me when i saw this guy he's probably is that juggalo face paint doesn't really do a good job at acting as a mask for anybody Nobody's an, nobody's anonymous in Juggalo face paint because they're pretty easy to spot even when they're. Isn't that the point painted. though? You're you're trying to be a Juggalo. That's like you wear the Juggalo face paint. Boom, yeah, but you're a Juggalo. Yeah, but one could make an argument that you're painting your face to sort of be anonymous and part of a group. When in reality, even if you're not wearing the face paint, you're pretty easy to spot. I mean, if you okay. have you know stringy green dreadlocks and mm-hmm. you know just dirty clothes and a weight problem. And you're walking on a highway where most people wouldn't walk. It's like that no, is, I've gotten sidetracked here. Looks, he didn't have Juggalo face paint, right? No, but okay. he was just the kind of guy. You just I saw him for a second. Mm-hmm. I was like, that guy's a Juggalo. Got it. His face isn't painted like a clown. Sure, he doesn't have a Hatchet Man on his T-shirt. <laughs> there probably is a Hatchet Man bumper sticker on his broken down car somewhere. Yeah, but it just occurred to me like, there's no is the word is it anonymity? Anonymity. Anonymity. Yeah. Among juggalos, because with or without the face paint, they're very easy to spot. 
I feel like we're going heavy on the juggalo aspect and getting away from what you actually saw today. Uh, what was he? What was the? Is it? Is that it? You yeah, saw an I mean, overweight picture, man picture, walking down the road. Picture your classic obese juggalo. Uh huh. Take away the face paint. Got it. That's who I saw. Okay. <laughs> uh, can't top the juggalo story. <laughs> I will tell you, I did see a lady. Uh, I had to go into uh, for my for my job. I had to go into a gated area. Should we and shout it, out King of Pops? <laughs> well, you just did. So I had to go into a gated area. Also, shout out Accent Graphics. Uh, yeah, Accent Graphics. If and need- if you work for either of those companies, please do subscribe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to go into a gated area. And it's an automated gate. When you pull up, you press a button. A, a human being does come on and says, you know, basically, what are you doing here? And you have to tell them, I'm here for X, Y, Z. If they deem that to be a reasonable... Uh, reason to enter the premises, they buzz in, the this gate swings business? open. Yes. Okay. And the gate swings open. I go out, I, I go in, I do my business. On the way out, it's the same principle, except you don't have to ring in. Well, yeah, it's they're, an they're automated decide. gate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They just but the gate at that point is not, no, there's no one in the guard shack. It's a, oh. When you're going out, it's strictly automation. Okay. They have, you can see the on the gate itself, the uh, sensors. So they know you're there. Uh, and I've, I've done this many times at this premises. But there's a lady in a very nice Mercedes, S500, pearl white. This is Buckhead. I mean, she's a classic Buckhead Betty. Is the S-Class the good one? Yeah, it's up there. It's the best of the sedans. Because they got the S-Class. E-Class. They got the E-Class. C-Class. And they got the C-Class. And those do. C-Class is kind of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we felt rich when we we leased a C-Class. But we we figured out later that we're not. You're driving the Volkswagen of Mercedes. We could have done much. Uh, Honda would have been. Anyways. (laughs) So, but it is German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with eight thousand moving parts. So, uh, classic. Hey, so, you want to get this worked on? <laughs> well, you can't do it here. <laughs> oh, you can, but it's going to be like you know the the dollar figure you have in your head. Times that by fifteen. We're more of a euro company. <laughs> <laughs> we like to think of ourselves as problem solvers, <laughs> not part you know part of the solution, not the problem. Anyway, so the. I'm behind this lady, and she pulls up. I instantly saw it far too close to the gate. It was almost like she assumed the gate was going to open out rather than the way that it opened when she came in, which mm. was, in this case, was going to be towards her. Yeah. I, she pulls up to the gate, and the door starts, giant wrought iron gate starts coming at her. And her reaction, <laughs> I gave her plenty of room because I saw she was too close to the gate. But rather than her being a reasonable person, she started to honk at the automated gate, as if the gate would say, oh, uh, Skynet knows that you're too close to the gate, and will now cease and desist. My My bad. I'm sorry. Right, right. like the, the grumpy guy from, the grumpy uh, guy from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Gate closed. Gate. But she, gate she didn't move the car, and, and she kept honking at an automated gate, and I was dying laughing in my automobile. <laughs> she did realize it uh, fairly close that she had to, to back up, and she did. But it, so she it, didn't get hit? No, she didn't. Arguably, if she could <clears throat> afford the S-Class, she could afford the damage. Yeah. But and that, but those are the small things you see day-to-day when you see a, a, a grown woman honking at an automated gate. Yeah, I mean, that's how you get through your day. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like your job. I love my job. Or you do like your job. Yeah. I'm saying if most people don't like their job. My job's okay. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I like my job, but there are there are times when I'm like, ugh, this fucking job. And then when I get to witness something like that, I'm like, hey, you know what? Today's all right. Because I, I just saw somebody do something stupid. And I wouldn't have gotten to if it weren't for this job. That's true. And I, I, I definitely, I don't think 
It's like anything else. Your job's okay, and then... I'm not accusing you of not liking your job. No, no. I'm not saying. I, I was kind of fibbing. I don't think I love it. <laughs> but I do think that... It, uh, I don't think anybody... If you work for King of Pop, still do subscribe. <laughs> I don't perhaps love my job. But what I'm saying is when you think about... When you're in the drudgery mm. of your day-to-day, and you think, like, someone gets to do what we're doing right now yeah. for fun, but only, but also they make money. That's where it's kind of like, damn it. I don't think anybody likes their job. Oh, plenty of people love their job. They love their job. There's plenty of people love their job. I don't know. Because if I think I think if you found that guy's like, oh, I love my job. It's like, okay, really? So if if you didn't have to do it, would you still get up and go do it? Yes. There are plenty of people like that. Don't ask me for an example. Though. <laughs> it's like, I love doing wedding photography. <laughs> really? I love it. I, I don't get to do it. Or I don't. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. <laughs> I wake up like, and okay. think about. Yeah. So if I gave you, uh, you know, a half a million dollars, or no, let's say half a billion dollars yeah. right now, cash, tax free. Are you gonna go shoot that wedding this weekend? No. 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 Well, well, no. It's like well, then but you don't love it. You I just mean, you happen you happen to be fortunate in that the thing you have to do is something you also enjoy to do. But ask yourself this: maybe it's not like wedding photography, and of course we could choose a million different. Uh, uh, career ventures here, but I'm sure that there is something. Even if you gave them half a billion dollars, because what inevitably happens, at least when I have those fantasies, when, like when the lottery, the lottery get, when the lottery gets well, up yeah. to the to that that one that got up to almost a billion, it's or a whatever weekly it was. discussion at my house, right? So when you get up to that number, of course you have these, and you, and you, you know you say, I'm going to do this, this, and that. Never going to work. We're going to travel, but you're going to get bored, even with all that money. Not I think me. no, no, no. Not me. I am the I am the, you're gonna spend your whole day on a jet ski. You're gonna like ski. I'm gonna spend just, my whole day. I I am, uh, what's his face from Office Space? Right, but what if your job becomes I philanthropy? I would do nothing. Right, no, I I think you would want to do something because I, I you have two daughters. You would want your daughters to <laughs> I not with them to not. Yeah, but you would want them to see you not just doing nothing. You would want them to see you like even if it's not a job per se. I'm not saying you're gonna like go get your master's and start teaching. I'm saying, but maybe you would you would start the Brent Hickman philanthropy group where your job is essentially to give money to causes, to show up, to give a speech, to do those types of things, all hey, that stuff. Hey, microphone, don't don't fall off of our pillow. pillow. <laughs> We're missing a pillow. It's on my back. Okay. But I don't think it matters. I think we, we've worked the same thing. But my point is, I think you would want your daughters to see you do something. I don't think you would just win the lottery and just do nothing. I, I mean, they could watch me travel. You'd end up looking like that guy from Seven, the one the, the one that eats himself to death. He was forced. But, but he probably liked everything he ate. Canned spaghetti? <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. I like canned spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, are we talking SpaghettiOs with the little meatballs? Oof. I have some Tabasco. Oh man, I go Texas Pete. It's really surprising you said that. Okay, well, whatever. Hot sauce. There's a difference. Well, I know there's a difference between hot. Let's not let's not argue about hot sauce. <laughs> let's transition over to hot sauce. Spaghettios <laughs> with hot sauce. <laughs> I mean, you can eat that shit like room temperature out of the can. All right. You don't have to heat it up. It's already cooked. Is Tabasco your go-to? No, if we're talking hot sauce, uh, my go-to sometimes is Cholula. Sometimes is, I, I gotta tell you, I don't ever go Texas Pete. Hmm. I Frank's do, Red Hot. Frank's Red Hot, if it's like a wing kind of thing, yeah, like a buffalo, sure. Or I'll go with the Tabasco buffalo. Um, if it's hot sauce for the pure 
joy and fun of adding heat to a dish. I really like uh, it's uh, uh, what's his face from Offspring's hot sauce, Gringo Bandito. Okay. Ever had that? Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's good. And uh, I like Tapatio. Ah, yeah. But, so you have more of the the Latin. Well, I'm, I'm of I'm of two minds. If I'm going for buffalo, yeah, Frank's or Tabasco buffalo. Mm. If I'm going for you know just some heat in my spaghettios. Tapatio or uh, Gringo Bandito. Got it. I have, only one other person knows this, and she's upstairs. But there's times where I will literally just put uh, Sri Racha lines like cocaine yeah. on my finger and just eat it with nothing. I, I I'm addicted to <clears throat> Sri Racha, but I also have a, a I grew up with that kind of Texas peat vinegar based. Hot sauce. I do like the vinegar-based hot sauce. I'm not knocking <laughs> Texas Pete. And if you asked me to choose between Tabasco and Texas Pete, I would go Texas Pete. Well, let me stop you there because I, I don't buy Texas Pete anymore because it's like 2 or $3. <laughs> what I've discovered is that the— What I do is I ask for extra packets <laughs> at the KFC and I no. fill a mason jar. No. <laughs> Can I have 172 packets? No, uh, there's a there's a great. I'm a Kroger shopper. That's a whole other conversation. There's I am people too. that I like Kroger. Publix. Publix is too expensive. I agree that it's probably a better store and has better produce and better meat, all that stuff. And it has the subs. The, the subs meat. alone kind of. The set only it apart. reason people like Let Publix is because they have a sub counter, and that's but it makes a difference. You have the subs, but anyways, Kroger has those great off brands. That they make, and the, the, my favorite one. I, I would have loved to have been in the room <laughs> when they were like, "Okay, we have another." We're not going to do the private selection. That's more of the classy stuff. That's our off-brand, but it's like, you know it's still good. So, But we need one that's like the really shitty, <laughs> that tastes almost the same, but they all know it's shitty. So what do we want to call that? And what they landed on, I would have loved to send the list, but what they landed on was, pst. It's literally a brand spelled P-S-S-T. Uh, Kroger Marketing people, please subscribe. <laughs> Yes, uh, pst, uh, please do subscribe. <laughs> I don't know if oh, you know. I know it. it's it's the white yes. with the with the red yeah. oval and it's it seventy nine cents yes, in the middle. It's seventy. Uh, my neighbor agrees. We've had this. We've actually talked about hot sauce entirely too much on without having a podcast, just <laughs> as human beings. But for seventy nine cents, I can make you the best wing sauce okay. in the city of Atlanta. All right, I, I'm I don't I don't doubt it. I uh, I have bought the pissed brand. <laughs> Uh, in various things, and I, I I love private selections. Uh, last night, ten o'clock, watching the last episode of Ozark. Have you seen Ozark on Netflix? I by the have way? not. I, I it's on the queue. I'm still working my way through Peaky Blinders. So uh, Ozark is worth pausing Peaky Blinders for. I'm not. And I'm, I'm biased because do I don't really love yeah. Peaky Blinders. We don't, but, I don't understand that. But understand Ozark that. is awesome, and we just finished the, the last episode last night. And while we were doing that. We had some molten lava cakes out of the microwave, private selection brand from Kroger with a scoop of country vanilla, also private selection. But again, that's too different. You can, private you selection can is, their, is their highbrow. Well, I know it off. is. I know okay. it is. But there's no pst molten lava cakes. There's no, only private selection. Yeah, the, the, actually, I've noticed this. The, the pst brand is limited. It's either hot sauce, peanuts. They do like a crackers. macaroni and cheese, a crackers. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Oh, you just are poor. Uh, that's really all there is to say. Are you jobless or in college <laughs> or both? Welcome to the. Pst you just session. had your fourth child. Yeah, we we, we didn't make an aisle because right? that would make it too obvious. So we've sprinkled the shitty shit into the other aisles. You're gonna have to look on the bottom and dig. But we didn't make it too.
too unobvious. By They're the way, all white brand labels. By the way, self-checkout for psst is mandatory. <laughs> We're not paying our people to scan that oh. shit for you. I also, speak. I'm glad you brought up. That's another thing that happened to me today. Self-checkout. Oh, and then we'll move on to the show because I think we've gone a couple yeah. minutes over here. We're a good 20 minutes into this. You know what? That's fine. We're, this, the way this is we, can did, we noticed last time we didn't spend too much time on The Sopranos anyway. We're going to highlight some moments from this episode. It's, but let me tell you this. It's important to remember The Sopranos is just the glue it's that keeps the, yeah. the show moving. But we like to do these intros and here we are. The one thing I love about self-checkout, self-checkout, I don't love it, but it actually, I find that it happens to me so many times that I've learned to accept it, mm. is when I catch the old person that has mounds of produce <laughs> and still wants to go through the self-checkout, and now you're dealing with a person that doesn't understand that they do, there's no scanning an orange. Right. If it doesn't have... No, it's got a sticker on it. It does have a sticker, but more often but than not, it's just the number. number. Yeah. Right? So they, they don't know that. They're trying to scan an orange. Or they have a head of lettuce. That's a whole other thing. It just seems to happen to me entirely too much. I've just learned to uh, take it in. <laughs> and I enjoy watching it now. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up. This is probably something I shouldn't admit, you know, uh, uh, in a recording. But I take advantage of the self-checkout with produce because you don't have to be honest about what you're buying. Okay, uh, people, we, we're going to move on with this because I, I only want to preface before he finishes that I, I too shop in your organic section and then don't you know pay organic prices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out you can buy organic bananas and then punch in the 4011, which is the regular banana, save yourself a few cents, and you know what? Nobody's watching. Also, none of the people running self-checkout care. Oh, oh and you know what? You should know this. You've got a baby coming. If you are shopping single dad style, baby in the baby seat, upset, frantic, that is your opportunity to <laughs> take advantage of being frazzled dad and oops, I forgot to scan this. <laughs> and you save money on your grocery oh, bill. You get on like, hey, I got, I got three packages of LaCroix soda water. I didn't pay for any of them. Well, the thing about so that you don't even have to you don't have to move those. What you do, again, uh, I don't actually do this. I've seen it done. Uh, people that put the Lacroix well, yeah, that, on the no, bottom. No, no, you, of you're, the you're already there. Yeah. It's on the bottom. Right. You've got sad baby. You're yeah. frazzled, dad. Your your hair's a mess. You're yeah. sweaty. Your kids. Well, my natural disposition. Well, is I know. Well, both of us. Yeah. But the point is, no, nobody's looking at you to be a thief. <laughs> So, and if you are aware of this, like, oh, 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 no, you get to your car and this is how you really sell it. You get to your car and when you like, oh, oh, no, I forgot to scan the soda water. Oh, should I? And then you look, it's like, should I, should I go back in? Oh, but the baby's upset. Oh, geez, this is, well, I will have to what pay attention What a conundrum. True story. We have the Santa Claus with Tim Allen on DVD. Got it from Kroger. Didn't pay anything. You know why? Because Adelaide had it in her fingers the whole time, just clutching it tight. And I was like, you know what? Just let her have it. It's five bucks. And now she's got Scott Calvin for life. Well, yeah, we watch it every Christmas. And the better like, question you know is, you don't. That was one that you didn't need to steal. I think it comes on about nine hundred and seventy-two times. Uh, it's one of those things where they only put it on like a certain part of December, so you gotta wait. And I saw it there. And oh, I, I disagree. Like, I was like, here you go, Adelaide. Here's a movie you haven't seen yet. Adelaide's my daughter, by the way. Uh, and she held it, and when we're at the checkout, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, that's $5 we don't have to spend. I could just leave it in her little hands, and nobody's going to say anything. Right. And you know what? Nobody did. Yeah. So, you know, pro tip for 
you know, Frazzled scumbags dads. like us. Actually. <laughs> uh, if you want to save money on organic groceries, just go to the self checkout and punch in the regular number. You, you know, or just me, punch in bullshit. Really, it me, doesn't matter. You, you can buy bananas with the orange coat, or don't actually don't go for heavier fruit. Go for kale or something. Here's you know the I mean? saddest part of all this. While it's true, you save some money. I noticed this the other day. <laughs> the apples I bought in the organic section were only twenty nine cents more than the apples I would have gotten. The same exact apples, yeah. and I was like, I, "So it's not the money. It's like it's like anything it's else. The thrill, it's, it's the, the thrill. It's the thrill. The thrill of the self checkout yeah. dupe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I do. I do I'm believe there must there must cents. there must be a Kroger store somewhere that has a truly passionate. Self-checkout manager. No. The self-checkout people don't give a shit. You have to flag them down to approve your beer purchase. They're not mm. paying attention to anything. That's true. Whatever's on the bottom rack of your grocery cart, that's free grocery. <laughs> I I have lied to their face before where they come over like, did you get that, sir? I'm like, oh, yeah, I got all that. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What does set off the alarms at a Kroger? Nothing. <laughs> The best thing, has this ever happened to you? The best thing that happens at self-checkout is when it glitches because you scan something, it didn't catch it, and you put it in the bag, and then it, it freaks out and says, hey, there's something in the bag. I didn't pick that up. So you go back and you rescan it. But it didn't catch it in time because you were scanning other things. Mm. So there's like nine things in the grocery bag, but it's freaking out about number one. And so the attendant has to come over to figure out what happened. And they, and they realize, oh, these bananas didn't make it in. Let's go back and fix that. Meanwhile, there's still eight <laughs> other things that never got picked up because the flag's on the first one. And so they oh. fix it. The weight's now okay. Every, but in reality, there's eight items you have not scanned. There have been times when a $80 grocery bill has been like 50 because the machine completely missed it. And I'm looking at it going, I could, I could take all this out. And be honest and pay for it. Or I could just say, fuck it and leave it in. And I like 10, 10 out of 10, I always leave it in. I'm going to circle this back. This feels like what Brendan Falone would do. <laughs> Don't compare in me the to the self checkout line. I'm just saying. It, I'm if this sure. is the extent of our, of our criminal passion. I'm our, pretty our sure Brendan wares. Falone buys groceries at a gas station. So I don't even know mm. if there is a self checkout. He's more like an Aldi buyer to me. Ooh. Do you yeah. like Aldi? I've never been into Aldi, but I hear it's worth it for certain things. I'm sure it is. I just don't like the general concept. I feel like I don't want to... Sh like, I hate Ikea. I don't, definitely wouldn't want to go to an Ikea-style grocery God, store. I can't say what I've heard my father say about Ikea before. I don't think we'd be able to keep our podcast. But yeah, it's it's it, Ikea is terrible. I just don't like the sight of 900,000 people laying on beds. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a draw. But the thing yeah. is, like, if you go into an Ikea, and this is, we'll circle back to the show that we're actually trying to do here in a second. By the way, this is a podcast about, about the, the Sopranos. Sopranos. <laughs> but it's like you go into an Ikea, and there's this instinctual thing for these some of these people to lay in the bed. And I have found that strangers... Well, it, that doesn't happen at a Haverty's. It doesn't ooh, happen at ooh, a mattress a bed. firm. Ooh, it's 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 a bed and it's, it's a bed and a store. It's Swedish. Yeah, let's lay. Look how look at how low to the ground it is. This is so much better than the Hudal I bought last year. <laughs> the Ramschnack is just better for my spine. I'm just saying. It, I like you the go mom. through those stores. The mall. The mall. The mall. You go the through mom. these stores and there's just 
You you th- nothing you about these a, chairs. You want a twin 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 bed that stacks yeah. on top of it. It's... Nothing about these chairs or beds seem. It's not like if you go into a mattress firm and they have these six thousand dollar beds that of course you would want because you'd be like, yeah, I'd like to see what a six thousand dollar bed feels like. And plus, you're if you're in a mattress firm, you're shopping. Yeah. No, it's not. An, no one's walking down the road and says, you know what? Let's just stop into that mattress firm. That, except for like you know the the guy chewing gum like hey honey <laughs> let's, uh, let's pop into this mattress firm over here. we got twenty minutes it's like Norm McDonald shopping at a <laughs> at a mattress hey, firm hey. Uh, Turd Ferguson here <laughs> but anyways I'm just saying like they just at, at these at these at these at these IKEA yeah, just it, instinctually they want to sit on everything lay on everything yeah uh, IKEA is terrible the last time I had to go to IKEA. We were getting Albury a bed because the girls were going to finally share mm-hmm. a room. Albury's graduating from baby crib to big girl bed. Mm-hmm. And I went online, looked up the bed and every aisle and bin that it was in in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Went to Ikea, skipped the whole store, went straight to the warehouse with the cart. I had everything I needed and was in line in 15 minutes. Mm. I did not do any of the Ikea store bullshit. Mm-hmm. I didn't smell the meatballs. I just... Ugh. Horrible. Straight to the to that. And I still was there for an hour because there was a thousand people in front of me to to pay for their their IKEA garbage. But our beds from IKEA, we have various IKEA pieces throughout the house, but in general, I, IKEA is garbage and their store is terrible. It's I, really, get, I, I see why it's been successful, but I don't uh it, it's really only let good. me tell you this. Let, let's keep it in that vein. For men who struggle with IKEA, like my and I'll put it this way. When I know that my wife says, I'm going to go to Ikea, I don't like her to go. I like to spend time with my wife. I'm that weird person that, you know, genuinely wants to spend time and don't really want her to go. I I know it's safe there, but something about that parking deck just looks rapey. Yeah. So I I don't like her to go to Ikea by herself. And uh, full disclosure, not to make this episode two of full disclosure, but pretty much any parking deck (laughs) looks rapey to me. Yeah. Kind of a worry wart. But when she says she's going to Ikea, yeah, same thing. Uh, (laughs) It's like, I'm either going to get assaulted or die. Right. I don't. And it could go either way. But I like to go with her and she knows that I hate Ikea. So for any of those men out there, I'm going to tell you my scenario. Does she love Ikea? Uh, She doesn't love it, but she goes too much to say that she doesn't like it. She's an enthusiast, maybe. She she finds the buys that she's looking for there. We don't buy a lot of furniture there. There's no bargains. There are. If you want like dish towels, if you want cheap glasses and you you know there are buys there that make financial sense when you're building a home but anyways for men out there that struggle with ikea this is the system i've adopted and this is also leah i love you but i'm just going to put this out there pro tip uh yes this is pro tip what you do is you, you make it into a game and so our game is yes i will go to ikea with you but if i act good if i don't protest if i don't pout my way through the endless veins and arteries of Ikea amidst the masses. If I, if I don't, if I don't pressure you to move out of an aisle, if I do it with the lights on or uh, it's, yeah, it's basically, it's basically like I get to, I get uh, the, the, the pleasures of, of marriage and, and whatnot. It doesn't have to be marriage, but I get uh, to have some fun. I, if I don't complain in Ikea. and You're I, leaving the lights on right, tonight. Yeah, it's just what I... And it, it, it works. I just remind myself, okay. And, you know... But you have to get the other member of your your party on board with that. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going with you. 
not because I want to, but because I don't want you to get assaulted in the parking lot <laughs> because I think that's going to happen. <laughs> but I'm going to hate every minute we're in there. But provided I walk through there with a dull smile, smile yeah. on my face, when we get home, it's naked time. Yeah. And that's not to say that uh, she barters for that stuff anyway, but it's just kind of my thing is <sighs> if, I, if I can do this with you and not cause a, a scene, which has happened at Ikea. I mean, I, I've caused a scene there. <laughs> That's a story for another time. It is. It seems to me that the spouse in that uh, scenario would say, well, just stay home. Because yeah. then I get out but of she, having yeah. to, to, to sleep with you later. <laughs> and I can enjoy myself at Ikea. That's a win-win for me. You can stay yeah. here, rub one out. You have a good day. I have a good day. Everybody wins. Yeah. All right. That being said. Let's move on to episode two, <laughs> season one of The Sopranos. Uh, this uh, and how does it start? Basically, with them eating again. Uh, yeah, well, poor little fat AJ. That is that is a young Brent right young there. Young Mr. Brent. Although I didn't have that haircut. That haircut is all Brian. Brian. That mom. is oh my god. That is your brother's haircut. If you find some pictures of my little brother Brian when uh, he was a Brian, kid, Brian, please do subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. He had a sweet bowl cut. You know what? He's the only one between the three of us. Me and my other two. Me and my two brothers. He's the only one between the three of us that had the hair for it. His hair fell in that perfect Mo Howard bowl cut way. I would have probably been okay with a bowl cut, but my problem was I didn't, I didn't wash my hair enough. So yeah. it was this greasy, hot, nasty mess. Mm. And then I would try. There was that period. I was a little older than you guys. Well, you, you were are. closer. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, that, I was in the, when I was, in, when the bowl cut was a thing back then, they would part the right down part. the middle. Yeah, the center part. And just rake down. Well, it yeah, was, when I was in eighth grade, everybody was trying to get long hair and it had to be parted in the center. And my problem, and it's similar to what AJ's dealing with here, is it didn't want to part in the front. Mm. It's It came together. So the only way you could center part and separate was to get your hair wet in the morning mm -hmm. and then put on a tight hat that that just peeled that shit back so that when you took it off, you had these ridiculous, almost right angle bangs <laughs> <laughs> that formed over the front of your, your head. Slight improvement on the strippers at the bottom bang here. Uh, I, and it's a very slight but it's, improvement. Uh, but see, by comparison to that first season or well, first that was episode. The, that was the pilot. So, right you know, they, they, were, they were getting rented strippers. Improvement. But again, the bottom bang always prevalent. <laughs> Tony see in the uh, in the in the dress shirt. That's not something you see him rocking very often. He's usually in a in a golf shirt or a polo. Our, our first look at our soon to be constantly abused uh, yeah, bartender. Soon to be beaten with a phone. What's his name? What's his name? The, you know Is what? I know it. Uh, yeah, uh, Georgie. 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 Such a sad case. This is a Georgie that did not get pulled into the sewer by the clown. <laughs> <laughs> it, hey. The new version of it, I was in. I liked it. Oh, the new it is so good. Yeah, I watched it on a plane coming back from Paris. I was, yeah. in, I was in, which is an awkward film to watch. But I'll tell you, it wasn't as awkward as when we were coming back from Toronto, and I, I had just started The Handmaid's Tale. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, the Hulu with with, uh, with the Mad Men girl. Yes, yeah. yes, the the one where they're all basically just concubines yeah. for yeah. a, a hyper religious. Uh, but I'm watching the, the first or second, I can't remember, episode of Handmaid's Tale on the plane, and there's a scene where it's just straight plow down. She's in a missionary position, and mm. her guy, the guy that she's 
been given to as a this is a Hulu show, right? Yeah, nudity. And no, no, she wears like a, a an Amish style mock through the whole right. thing, but it's I'm very clear. Yeah. It's and it's in slow motion, which I find when you do a sex scene in slow mm. motion, it can be more awkward. Yeah. So I'm watching in the seat, and it's. I thought it would be a short take. And it seemed to last for 25 to 30 seconds of Ray Fiennes. I think it was one of the... Jo- jo- Joseph Fiennes, I think? Yeah. Or was it Ray? It's not... It's Not uh, Not Voldemort. Right. The other, the not, other Fiennes. The, the Shakespeare in Love Fiennes. Right, right. That it's, Fiennes. It's not Budapest Hotel. No. Great film. Though. I know. Uh, and it's Grand Budapest. I know. So. I know it is. So it was it, abbreviated. So, yeah, so Joe Fiennes <laughs> is just... Just getting just, in, just in slow motion, but it's straight missionary, and he's like holding on to the bedpost, and it's all business. Is he's he like, like a priest or something? He's he's like, uh, I, don't, I don't, I didn't watch enough of the show to really mm. get a grasp, but he is on like upper echelon of this super hyper new world order here in America of, of ultra religious people. Mm. But he's just plowing this lady down, and I turn around, and there's a, uh, a like a kid. <laughs> I'm not like. <laughs> I'm saying like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old staring at my screen, and I go to the other. I turn to my right, and his dad's watching the same thing. And I was like, "They're just watching what I'm watching." And his dad, it was all, only awkward in the sense I don't really yeah. care. I'm sorry you brought your nine-year-old on this plane. Yeah, but you're a grown that man. Nine-year-old's you, about to go to the bathroom. Right. You're, but the dad could have been like, you know, shield your eyes, turn away. Yeah. Instead, he's hey, watching buddy, the same do thing. Do your coloring book. Right. I just had the inkling that they were just like it was like I'll, I don't know what to do. I just reached back and knocked him up. Right. Right, you know, just <laughs> fist bump, fist bump this guy. This is a, this is a hell of a <laughs> hell of a slow motion sex scene we're seeing here. Well, this is a this is a scene we got to talk about. Here. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, Olivia, Tony's mom, is about to set her kitchen on fire by throwing water into a grease fire. Trivia question: What was she cooking? Ooh, I don't remember. Mushrooms. Yeah, that's not something I would have eaten. Mm. They're they're at the. He's at the He's at the Bada Bing. He's at the Bada Bing. And this is something I've always wondered about the Bada Bing. I've been to strip clubs. I've mm. been to several that are all that all mm. vary in terms of how much contact there is and how much nudity there is. I've never been to one where there's just three strippers that kind of just gyrate around a pole <laughs> and don't do anything. But also three strippers that are reticent to the conversation that Tony's having with his mother. That oh, so yeah, much so yeah, that they would stop the dance. They're they're anywhere between five and fifteen yards away, but they have to run over. Keeping in mind, what time do you think it is here? About one fifteen. I yeah, mean, they're this not. Is, this is not the Asian. This is the lunch crowd. Yeah, this is the uh, T-bone steak crowd. These are, you're not getting your a, your A-teamers. And, and you know, you said it at the top, but these these are not. They're closer to the camera now. These are these are not good strippers. They're not. But can by comparison to the first pilot episode. To be fair, we didn't. We s- do have a hard worker back there. She cares little for what's going on. Is with she a hard mom. worker? From the looks of it, she's just leaning on the pole. <laughs> and is that a Zima? Yes, it is. is that that a- is a Zima. A Zima. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, it's a. It's not fluorescent. It's a. It's like the beer signs. What do you call those? Yeah, I'm I'm lost on it. You know wow. what we're talking about. This very Google very, uh, it. It's a it's a Zima beer sign that's uh, hanging the, in a bar in North Jersey. It's the lights. But what you were saying before about the uh, the sex scene on the plane. Uh, my mom gave me the movie The Departed on DVD. Mm, great film. And I know it is. It's one of those rare instances where it's a movie that I had seen previews for and I was like, eh, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I didn't give a shit. And, and then I got it on DVD and I thought, as that movie I didn't really care about. Mm-hmm. And then I was on, I happened to be flying somewhere and I had one of those portable DVD players 
And even if I've never heard of the movie, if somebody gives it to me, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching it on the plane. And, you know, just minutes in, I'm like, holy shit, this is a good movie. And then there comes the moment where Vera Farmiga, the mm, big I fan, know, I know, big fan. There's, that, me of an there's that black lingerie sex scene. Oh, yes. Yes. And and I'm not aware that it's coming. Yeah. Just like you weren't with, with Handmaid's, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Tale. And I'm on a plane and. You know, the, the people sitting around, like, there's no hiding that I'm now watching this. And it's not even a raunchy sex scene. No, it's, no, it's fairly good. It's clean. enough of one where you're like, all of a sudden, you're just kind of <laughs> folding that screen down. Just like, I'm going to wait till mm-hmm. the sound of sex goes away. Wait, so you, you weren't wearing headphones? This no, is... I was. Okay. I was. So I just kind of folded the screen down and was like, I'm just going to wait till it sounds like the Vera Farmiga sex is over. Mm-hmm. And when I get to where I'm going, I'll back up and watch and this. Fat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch it. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, the the plane is not the place for no, sex. Here's the rule on that. I think there's differing, and again, we're always going to try to get back to the show, but things are kind of slow right now. But the thing about the plane is, if the plane offers me the film <laughs> slash TV show on their oh, this was a plane board, offering. Yes. Okay. I never took anything. I don't take things on the plane. Well, yeah, this, if the plane offers me things yeah. that are unedited and such, yeah, then I don't. And I have headphones. Yeah. I. It's on you. You yeah. got on the plane. I got on the plane. It's yeah, not hey, my hey, responsibility. You know, it's not, it's, I didn't put evil angel porno on right. this plane. I don't, Somebody I don't, else did. I'm just here watching it. I don't have those kind of scruples. If you don't want to watch it, then you can turn to your screen or turn away. Yeah. But I think... They should, you know put, the a, they should put a parental advisory edit? sticker on the plane. Here's a really funny thing. So they don't edit that scene I told you about. Yeah. With the, they don't edit that. But I watched, because again, those plane rides to Paris and Toronto, those are long flights. I, mean, I watched quite a few films. And I watched this, the one called The Big Sick. I don't know if you heard about this. I have. I know true story the Camille about the, Yeah. Movie. yeah. The, yeah. Can, I haven't seen it. It's based on a true story. I know. Very about. funny film. Now, a buddy of mine had told me about a very funny particular line in the film. And I was waiting for that line because, mm. you know, if you know the premise of this movie, it's based on his true life story where he meets Arranged this girl. Marriage, they, right? No. Oh. No, no. He. He's a Pakistani, yep, and he's a comedian, and he deals with, with all that entails, which I'm sure is tougher. But he meets a woman, they kind of like each other, then they have a falling out, mm. and then she goes into a coma mm. before he can really end it. Okay. Right? So then her parents show up, and before they had showed up, he had to sign this, like, all the stuff that the doctors needed to start doing work on her because right. they weren't there. So it's this very interesting story that I didn't realize as I was watching turned out to be true, but this is a white girl that he was dating. Right. So Ray Romano plays her father and he comes in and my friend had told me about a very particular line in the film okay. where he says the father's very suspicious. He sees a brown man from Pakistan. He of course thinks the worst, and it, and but he's also kind of has some couth and doesn't know how to ask it. So he says to him, "What's your stance on 9/11?" And the the Pakistani kid, what's his name again? Kamal Anjani. Yeah, Kamal Anjani says, "Well, I'm against it, if that's what you're asking me." And then, but to turn a joke on him, he's like, "Of course I'm against it. We lost 18 of our best guys that day." <laughs> Right, a, a great play yeah. on on the hijackers and nine eleven. The airport, the airplane, which in this case had been United, had had edited that line out. Well, yeah, I mean you're watching it on a plane. But understand what I'm saying. <laughs> they took out what was just a two second quip, but yeah. it was hilarious, and yeah. actually highlighted the father's racism. Yeah, 
but they let me watch a 30 second slow-mo pound down. Yeah. And it for that matter, yeah. where he's biting Jordy's arm off. They don't have any problem with that. But the fact that he makes a, a two second quip yeah. about I mean, the 9-11 hijackers you're not 16 so, years later. You can't say bomb on a plane. This isn't that. I agree with that. But that's not saying bomb. No, but it's talking. It's it's plane bomb death related on a plane. It's I, just, I know. just think we need to have more of it. If, if, if you can do sex, then where, where's the line? <laughs> what are we really trying to... What are you, who are you protecting there? Well, my, my departed viewing was predated you know screens in the backs of uh of headrests so you know that was all me mm. but i also didn't know i uh, i want to give a shout out to legion yeah he's uh, in the room with us doing well big old doofy german shepherd that ate our cold cuts earlier <laughs> hasn't made a peep no i'm surprised he's not snoring because this dude has been out for a second yeah, he actually knows you're talking about him now. He heard well, yeah, his name. I, I, but he's still, this is his, he's out. This is his time. This is his bedtime? No, he'll be out. He, he'll, he'll go to bed with mom and he'll come downstairs with me and stay until I go. Mm. But anyways, we are still watching The Sopranos. Yeah, The Sopranos um, have been playing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> we haven't really talked too much about it, which is kind of the whole point of this show. The Sopranos is just the glue that keeps us, you know... Keeping this thing under, you know, hours long. We're we're at a solid 42 minutes at this point. Uh, he's in Dr. Melfi's office. I'm going to be honest, without the uh, subtitles on, I don't even know what they're talking about right well, now. Well, we can remedy that situation. Let's get the subtitles going. This is still episode two, and it looks like it's about halfway through. Um, well, remind me, because you might you might know. It's, I, I forget stuff so quickly. Uh, Pussy and Polly... We're at the coffee shop. Yes. They're looking for somebody. Is, it, does it have to do with a stolen Saturn? It, a, a satin. A satin. A stolen satin. That's what I thought. They're looking for... Oh, yeah, yeah. Go. They find... Uh, is it Mike Epps? Mike Epps is one of the Mike thieves. Mike Epps. And he and works then, uh, at... Well, it's basically... Uh, they couldn't use Starbucks, right. so it's a knockoff Starbucks. He's uh, he's in a gay relationship with uh, an actor we've never seen or heard of before. And uh, the... Uh, you. You know those New Jersey gays, they love to steal Saturns. <laughs> Saturns. <laughs> they uh, they steal a Saturn, and it's AJ's teacher's Saturn. Yes, and it's his, uh, if my memory serves me right, it's his geography teacher. Yeah, and Tony could not give a shit when Carmela tells him that his teacher's Saturn got stolen. But then, and you know what, I gotta say, I would probably do this too. Like, I, you know, he looks at AJ, he's like, what are you making in, uh, in geography, in geography yeah. right now? It's like, all right, you know, oh, you're not doing so well. Well, I'll look into this then. Yeah. So, and and the funny thing about it is, is Polly is more upset at the the the, the, the theft of yeah. Italian the uh, cultural, cultural appropriation uh, cultural appropriation of of, of, Italian, uh, of Italianism. In this case, the 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 espressos and the yeah. Well, he's lamenting the fact that he didn't think of it first. Like that is the first and foremost thing. I it's agree. Like, with shit. That. Why didn't I think of selling people espresso for five, six dollars a pint? <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties. Slight technical difficulties with the viewing right now. So we'll uh, we'll get back to this here in a sec with the content. It's my fault. But this actually is an important episode because you got a guy like Big Pussy. Uh, who, by all accounts, should probably be higher up in rank. I can't remember. Is there a little pussy? Little pussy is the one that they're trying to kill when they blow up Artie Bucco's restaurant in the previous episode. That's right, but you never see who little pussy is, do you? No. 
You never meet him. And he's not little pussy bumping Sarah. No. It's he's just another little, pussy. Little pussy Clominga or yeah. something like that. I what are the remember. odds of being an Italian gangster <laughs> and and like like you show up on day one to work like, wait, your nickname's Pussy too? <laughs> well, shit. Well, I mean, you were here first, so obviously. I guess I'm little pussy. I guess I'm little pussy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Name day must be interesting. Uh, you know, hey, we we don't all get nicknames. Some of us do. You just happen to end up with pussy. Yeah, we never meet little pussy. And actually, yeah. I think we can assume that he doesn't actually. Well, yeah, presumably get he doesn't die. So little pussy's out there somewhere, just working away. He really got lucky when they blew up the. Yeah, I mean, you never really hear Junior bring him up again, and you know the the hit gets uh, gets. Uh, Averted by the the fire at the restaurant, so <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but what I was saying was, big pussies out there. By all, if uh, by any measure, he should be higher up in the organization. And here he is out chasing down a stolen satin. <laughs> you know, like I think that's what it's an important aspect of of his character, and he certainly talks about it later on when you do learn a little bit about this. Yeah, is that he does feel. And he even mentions it his, when he's talking to the, the future FBI agent that right. we haven't met yet, Chip, that here I was, a made man, out running all over North Jersey looking for a stolen satin. <laughs> I can't not do it. I've, I've done it now. So it's a Saturn. I, love, I hope you know that. But when you hear Pussy say it, it's satin. I love when Pussy turns into turns into like a private dick, like just like Mr. FBI man. Yeah, for one episode he really buys he's into like, his... Oh, I like I'll get out of the mafia and I'll just work with these guys. Yeah. He's got his little tape recorder and he's like, Christopher Moltisanti leaving the restaurant. Sun <laughs> sun coming up. Four fifty five AM. <laughs> and they're going after stolen Pokemon cards. <laughs> but he definitely buys into it for a split second. It's like, an interesting Yeah, yeah. Interesting I'll episode. I'll get out of the mob and I'll just automatically work for the police. Ah, and this is our first taste of the uh Olivia has to get a nurse. Of course the nurse is African American, which of course means I love Tony her. insults her first yeah, with the no yeah. ganja no ganja while you're while working. You're and then she, of course Livia insinuates <laughs> that she's stealing everything because you know that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her <laughs> they all take things. Hey, listen, while you hear no ganja. Okay? Yeah, which is just absolutely... And again, that touches on the over, uh, one of the primary overtones of the show, American racism at its fullest, against a people that 100 years before this would have been just as downtrodden. You know, oh, it's yeah. kind of like no need, you know, Irish need not apply, Italians yeah. need not apply. Yeah. And yet here we are. To- to- but of course, Olivia's fighting Tony here about... Uh, her desire to not need a nurse, which in my own personal life we have some experience with, so that's an interesting, uh, not necessarily a nurse, but just the, well, yeah, she's, and also Satriali makes its first appearance, Yeah, so well, that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't want a nurse, she also doesn't want a nursing home, but she did almost set her house on fire cooking mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Also our first appearance of the original boss, which sometimes people forget. Jackie April Jr. was the boss when the season started, when the show started, and he looks very cancer-ridden there. Also, every time I see him, I can't help but think of Reservoir Dogs. 
Uh, but he's not in that film. That's the that's the funny part about it. But every time Are I you see him, nice guy, I, Eddie? I think of of Christopher Penn, Sean <laughs> Penn's brother. I, I have I get those two. He's just gonna decide <laughs> out of the fucking blue. <laughs> exactly. I I know I know that he wasn't in that film. But yeah. when I see him, I'm always like, oh, Reservoir Dogs. Nope. Yeah, that's very. When I remember in high school. Me and my lunch table of friends used to argue over who would be who if we were going to be the regular dog mm. or the the not the the reg the regular dog <laughs> who was going to be the remake yeah who was going to be who from the Reservoir Dogs and the biggest debate was always fuck you I'm not nice guy Eddie fuck you I'm not going to be nice guy Eddie I'm not going to wear a fucking windbreaker well if we're going to go down this let's let's make this a, a small uh, tangent here but it, do you remember when they released the special edition of Reservoir Dogs and each copy was a character no yeah so I got Mr. Pink and I gotta admit I was ecstatic to get the, the Mr. Pink copy with oh, yeah, with Steve, old Teethy Buscemi on there yeah. but uh, I tell people I chose it which I might have yeah but it was just the last one left at Media Play that day. I don't know if anybody's still familiar, familiar I, yeah, with I Media I used to work Play. at Media Play Media Play please <laughs> subscribe <laughs> well that would be formally if you worked at I Media actually Play. got accused of stealing when I worked at Media Play because my register was off. Seems and it, reasonable. It was just an accident. I also bought my first VHS tape. First movie I ever bought mm. at was at Media Play. Yes. Nine ninety nine. Mm. I was about mm, 12 years old. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Hard R movie. Mom completely looked the other way. Let me buy it anyways. Uh, Mikey, Mikey Paul Misi. Tony's one of his arch enemies in the early show. Definitely some tension there. Yeah. Junior's right hand man. Well, he doesn't he doesn't last for that long. He does last long enough. Yeah. To to that you get an idea. Again, here we see Polly really, really upset at he's the really cultural st- appropriation. Yeah. And really just the He's really steamed at all the Belletti espresso makers. Is that how is that the is I, I think that is. But the thing about it, he's about to steal one and it's like of all the things for you to steal while you're wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> it's probably not an aerated track suit. an aerated track this uh, one's got uh, holes so it uh, breathes like a, like a football jersey yeah um, I have two Belletti espresso makers I have a big one for company and a little one for just me what a bouge and it's uh, it's good but it makes me paranoid that <laughs> I'm making coffee in aluminum <laughs> like I'm just asking for Alzheimer's <laughs> So I don't. Let's be honest. You're catching Alzheimer's. I think it's in the family. It's yeah, but yeah, I I make it. I'm like, oh, this is good. I actually bought a milk frother. It's this thing that you heat milk in and pump really fast to get it nice and foamy, so you can make like really good lattes and and so on. And it's great. But every time I take a sip, I'm just like, this is. I'm one sip closer to not remembering anything Mm -hmm. in like 50 years. Yeah. So I tend not to use them. But they I, look cool. I, I know it's not an original line, but I guess the thing about Alzheimer's, you do get to meet new people every day. <laughs> it's not my, uh, we've all heard that in films before, but uh, I guess if you had Alzheimer's, that's. You know, if I get Alzheimer's, my only request would be that whenever my family come to visit me, that they tell me I have it. But you wouldn't. Like no, but like, like, like I, when I'm looking at them going like, I don't, I don't know you, but like, I, I know you don't know me. I'm your grandson mm. and you have Alzheimer's. Like, uh, okay, well, that would explain why I don't know you. Yeah. All right, so, you know, uh, who who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. in this, uh, back to the show here. So Brendan Fallone, who you've heard Mr. Brent really rail on, 
has been taking kind of a lead with Christopher here and stealing trucks from Conley Trucking, which is uh, affiliated with basically not affiliated, owned by Junior. Um, problem is they're not kicking up, and that's one thing you see is Tony doesn't necessarily mind you stealing from Junior. Yeah, you just need to be able to 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 kick up that proportion and and keeping with tradition. Just gonna pop up and let Brent take over for one second. <laughs> the funny thing about kicking up, everybody knows that when they're kicking up, they're not kicking up everything. You know, if you steal twenty thousand dollars worth of merchandise, you tell your boss uh, we got a twelve thousand dollar score, and when they ask for half, you still did all right. Uh, but I mean, what's Stupid is the boss knows you're lying because they used to be in your shoes and they used to do the same shit. So it's like everybody knows nobody's honest, but they all still keep working together. And this is a scene here where uh, Tony's taking money from Chris and the exact opposite is happening. He tells Chris he's going to work out a deal, give him this much money. Everybody lies in this business. Like nobody, nobody's honest with one another. Like, But I did the same thing. My boss used to make me go get lunch every day when I worked at this particular place. Yeah. But he had no idea how much this lunch of his costs. Yeah. He wanted 10 chicken strips from Popeye's. I told him that's like $11. <laughs> it was more like 7 Yeah. But that's $4 that I can roll into my lunch. Every kid that's ever asked his dad for lunch money does it. Dad, I need $20 for lunch. What? It's like, well... $20? Yeah. Your lunch is only... Ballers! <laughs> well, shit, you didn't go to Roswell High School. <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I need 20 bucks for lunch. All right. Roswell no. High School graduates, please do subscribe. <laughs> Class of 2005, <laughs> definitely subscribe. <laughs> if you don't know me, it's probably because I didn't talk to you. <laughs> chances are I didn't talk to most of you. Oh, gosh. But yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody's honest. But every kid that's ever borrowed money from his parents has done that. You know, in my memory, the gay boyfriend of Mike Epps was Asian. Not Asian. Not Asian. He, no. I was, if anything, he's Latin. He's Latin with a satin. He's got a big mole on his nose. He really does. That's off-putting. <sighs> but yeah, Mike Epps making his... Uh... I often wonder when you see something like this, do you... Does Mike Epps remember this? Does he think back on this? Like when the Sopranos got big much later. Because yeah. they really only hit their stride stride around season two or three and even then they didn't have their big Emmy sweet nights yeah. until season five when they won damn near everything yeah. like took like 17 Emmys so like when it got big did, did Mike Epps look back and does he look back at it now like yeah you know I was in Sopranos once or has he done so much in his career that yeah I mean it, it's off so it's off that topic but because we know that Pussy's wired, he's mm. been wired from episode from. This is only the second episode. He's wired from the word go, but he's still committing all these crimes with them. Mm. I mean, he's even involved with the murder of that that kid uh, that that cries out. Bevilacqua. Yeah, the Bevilacqua. Matt, Matt Bevilacqua. Yeah. Uh, he's wired up the whole time. Like, how how is he not well, in more trouble? He's not wired up all the time. Right. He's just he's, an inf he's informing, he's an informing the, whole time. the yeah. whole time because he the uh, he makes it clear the FBI would would never have or the actually Skip tells him the FBI would never allow him to do a hit to do to do wet work. Of course, Tony he has is. to do it to gain his trust. Tony's missing his ducks in this scene. Yeah, the Tony. ducks are so huge; they they really show up on almost every season. 
He's also wearing shorts again, which will eventually go away. Who tells him not to do that? Some a real life mobster. I don't know the name. You know the name. Well, I don't know. No one. I don't think anyone knows the actual name. That was so. That was something that I rather brought that up because people did approach James Gandolfini and said a, a Don would never wear shorts. Well, yeah, I brought this up in our first episode. Right, but <laughs> it it shows up in the show. Right. And I'm asking Wait, you, wears, which character tells him explicitly? Oh, a character in the show tells yes. him. I didn't. I don't remember this. And a character that wasn't even. So Tony has one of these classic barbecues. I think it's in the next season, and it gets back to a certain other character, who then, after they've had a business conversation, your favorite moments. My favorite up. moment is coming up, but. After the business conversation, it was Carmine Lupertazzi that totally guess, off the point. I was going to guess. If anybody, totally, totally off the point says, oh, yeah. by the way, yeah. a Don doesn't wear shorts. I was going to guess. If anybody's going to say it, just based on the hierarchy of, of characters, it, it, would, be it would have to be Carmine. Yeah. Fish lips. So this is where, like, it, hands in a way, the hardest I ever laughed in this entire season. And it's not because it's funny, per se. Olivia drops off her friend in this. Ah, it's like a 1962. It's a cool car. Continental. It is a nice car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and her friend gets out, and, and Lee is very good at this impression. But the her friend gets out of the passenger side, walks over, and says, "There's my style ledger." Is Leah is Leah still up? Do you want to get her down here for an impression? She's 10:30. She's probably out. <laughs> She usually goes to bed about 10. Okay. Maybe we'll, next we'll time. We'll catch up. But there's, your, there's my star ledger, and she goes to get the paper, <laughs> and Livia doesn't realize that she's... Or do, and actually, Melfi brings this up in this scene that follows. Does she know that the car is still in drive? Does she run over her best friend on, per, on, 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 I don't know, general principle? I don't know. But it's a very interesting scene because this old lady just comes riding up the dash <laughs> Well, it, the hu- it, there's added humor when you see the lady in her in her like old tracksuit <laughs> coming over the hood of a sixty two And her, and her old lady ass holding just, her star ledger, just, mind you, just hitting that windshield. There's my star ledger. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> senile Olivia who can't live in a nursing home, like, oh shit, I'm still in drive. I, 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 you know, I've checked out. I'm, you know, but I, I want my independence. And so Tony, it, it cuts away from it pretty quick. And Tony's, you know, explaining the whole scenario to, to the good doctor. Which is funny because she, he, Melfi explains to him that, that Green Grove is not, is not by, by. It's a what retirement call, community. Right, by, by nursing home, by retirement community standards. She uses the metaphor. It's more like Captain Teebs. Which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a, a fancy island or uh, a, like a, fancy a resort, a resort of some nature. I imagine it's a resort. But later on in Tony's idiocy, because he's not that smart, right? On a on a yeah, because he he does he does parody what Doctor Melfi says, and that's what it gets back to what we talked about. He's using the therapy not as a sense to better himself. But as a sharpening tool for his sociopathic There's behavior, our, our Martin Scorsese impersonator. Yeah, I love it. But uh, anywho, later on, he he tells Livia during an argument that it's more like Captain Thieves, <laughs> and just throws that out there. And just uh, that's you, you know, know Captain, Captain Thieves, Thieves, the place that everybody likes to go. That great resort that everyone always talks about. You can set your mushrooms on fire. People put it out for you. <laughs> 
mushroom always looking after. What was she cooking mushrooms for? I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't do it like just I mean, as a I meal, have, but I, I have, love mushrooms. I have, I have bought button mushrooms before. And oh, you sought, gotta get, no, no, portobellos. You gotta up your game. No, no, listen. I've bought button mushrooms before and done a light saute and some teriyaki sauce and eaten them with nothing else. Mm-hmm. Just as like an appetizer. I, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to eating mushrooms. Okay. I'll put raw, like halved mushrooms in a salad. Mm. I'll cook portobello, whatever. But like, what, what are you sauteing mushrooms for on such high heat for so long that they would catch on fire? <laughs> what Italian dish calls for that? Charred mushrooms. Hmm, I'm going to make my old, you know, charred mushroom, you know, linguine. Like, no, this is the Virginia ham scene. I love when he, when he gets, gets all gushy about the Virginia ham. He loves it. Oh, I love Virginia. I love the old Coca-Cola can there, that that late yeah. 90s Coca-Cola can. Tony loves a cold cut. If he's not eating, you know, we all do. F- frozen pasta that's been reheated. He's eating cold cuts either just by themselves or on a sandwich. There's a point about when they all when Carm's always warming up the cold pasta. She does make a good point. When you have a a, a ZD or or it has to it can't be like spaghetti, so it needs to be ziti or lasagna. When you when you warm it up in a microwave, the cheese does get chewy yeah. and nice. Yeah. You know, it's like a yeah. There, that is a that is a microwavable thing for sure. I mean, it gets more cancerous, but it gets more chewy, and mm-hmm. I, it just yeah, texturally, it's more pleasant. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in a hurry, I'll microwave a slice of pizza. If mm. I've got time, that shit's going in the oven. Are you a two fifty for twenty guy? Or are you? No, I'm like a put the oven on three and just stick it in there mm. and just gauge it and just check it. Yeah. Once the cheese starts to mount off the edge and and you turn yellow yeah. on the pan, you're good. I like the brown crusty edge. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then and then if you let it sit for a second and it gets hard. Sidebar: We've got a new a new oven here, and we had an oven that had been in this uh, in this house for 35, 40 years, and now we've got a, a true blue brand new convection oven. Mm. Oh, this is a game changer. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's a real game changer. We don't bake enough at at my house for. Oh, I'm not talking about to, baking. To make I'm just difference. talking about like anything. Just reheating. Reheating, making, roasting vegetables. I mean, Captain Teebs. <laughs> Captain Teebs. There. It is. Who is he? <laughs> Even Livia's like, who is he? That's, That's not, not the point. That's not the point. I'm parodying what my therapist said, and you don't know I'm in therapy yet. Oh, but when you my do, stupid kid hasn't ratted me out. Oh God, AJ again, AJ, man. Fucking AJ. He. The more we we'll probably talk about him over these interluding seasons, the more I just I hate him. Yeah. Think of, what if Tony? The, ask yourself this question: Had had, and it it's his fault. You, you certainly can't blame Carmela for this, but. Had Tony had a kid like Patsy Parisi's, you know, someone who was aware, well aware of who their father was and knew they needed to be, yeah, tougher, not yeah. such a pansy. Like, where, well, how would that have changed the dynamic of, you know, I know, the show? I know it's who Meadow ends up with, but I, I can't picture what he looks like right now. No, see, she doesn't end up. So Patsy Parisi has two sons. Mm-hmm. The gangster one that right. li- and ends up hooking up with AJ when they go to not Rutgers. I don't remember what they might have been at Rutgers. AJ wasn't in school. Tony actually hooks him up right. after 
AJ breaks up with his Puerto Rican girlfriend and goes into a tail slide and has to go to therapy himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he tries you know, to commit suicide and he's in the... Because remember, this is the same fat AJ that pronounced niche instead of Nietzsche. <laughs> and, 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 you know, quoted Master P. This is the kind of kid that Tony was dealing Surprisingly, with. he didn't quote Massive Genius. No. That would have been a nice tie-in, though. But even, even the show writers probably knew, oof. God. I imagine the person that wrote that particular episode didn't get many more chances. You know, it, it's not that I, it's, it's not just that I don't like Massive Genius. I don't like that actor. That Oh, he's that, good in some things, though. I, I spit when I talk, and I was in The Rock, and that's the only thing you recognize me from. No, I, I'll, give you, I'll be honest with you. I, I actually, when I think of that particular actor, and I'll Google him in a second, I think of Dead Presidents. I don't know if you've seen that film. I've seen that, with the, where they robbed the bank with the white face They paint. start out in Vietnam, though. I think it's one right. of the most, yeah. it's, it's one of the, it's up there with being, it'll show you, like, like many movies, it shows you the darker side of Vietnam and what it did to those guys when it's they got home. It's been a long time since I saw The Dead Presidents, but I have seen it, and I've seen it multiple times, mm-hmm. but I don't recall it. I love this moment when Brendan gets pissed off and, and tells the guys that he's robbing this truck with to turn their guns the right direction. <laughs> it's a, it's a, this is where Brendan's little short, pathetic uh, career in life come to an end. Yeah, I mean, Brendan doesn't last very long. I love how he corrects him and he goes right back to it. Like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold do what my I gun want. sideways. Yeah. I've never fired a gun sideways, but I have fired a gun regular ways, and I it's probably really hard to hold if you're doing it sideways. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's certainly hard to aim. Like, other than some weird, like, gangster aesthetic, I don't even, I don't know what purpose it serves. Sideways. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I mean, we, can, we can go to a, we can, we can do a remote episode one day and test shoot at a gun range to see if it makes a difference, but I... It's certainly they would frown on that. I think I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain there's probably like a range captain who's gonna watch for that and be like, "Hey, you're out," you know. I, yeah, because it's probably an indicator that I don't know. It's it's just not good, not good etiquette. Although, it, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Little self edit there. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have too many of those. But uh, I, lo- I love that. I love that. I was like. I love when when Carmel is like, "Isn't this place gonna be so wonderful? It's gonna be so nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna condescendingly talk about you like you're not here to this woman who's in, in charge of the nursing home." And Tony signs for her. Well, my uh, stressed out, you know, anxiety ridden husband signs all this paperwork and easily spending, you know, what is it? What do you think? Ten thousand dollars a month. What is it? Does he say? Does he ever say? It's five thousand a month, I believe. Five thousand a month. I, well, I, but that comes later. Paulie Galtieri checks in uh, his mom, right? Who, who's not his? Who's not his mom? Quote unquote mom. She's but, his aunt. Uh, I think this one's been better, but I will say that the first season, while I do love it, it's kind of like, uh, I think with any great show. I'm going to use a sports metaphor because I, lo- I know you love sports and, and sports games. Oh, and sports stats. Sports stats, you yeah. You start talking to me about, like... You Not know. a stat, but I'll get the, 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 the simile here. The meta- or, it's not a simile. That was dumb. The, uh, anyways, in a, in a college football coaches, or even NFL, but particularly a college football coach, in this case we'll use Kirby Smart, okay. UGA's coach, who you all know if you're listening to me and you're my friend. I make videos and love Georgia. The second year, 
is the most magical for a lot of coaches because the first year you're feeling things out. You're seeing what well, works yeah, in the script. You're trying to implement your system. Every, every first yeah. season of every show is them figuring out the formula. Yeah. It's them getting better. I mean, chances are once we've done 10 podcasts, mm-hmm. a number 11 will be 10 times better than number one was. Yeah. Um, but th- the, with that being said, the, the second season is where I think you get a lot of the, you'll, you'll see us being more in tune with what's going on. And, yeah. But right here, it's just feeling it out and like <clears throat> what, what kind of crime storylines are going to be compelling, interesting, drive, a, drive a, a story arc along. And this is where you, I think you don't like Brendan Falone for good reason, but this isn't a great Great stealing suits from Conley Trucking <laughs> doesn't push a These wider are great story. Great suits. Yeah, we're about to see it. The thing that I'm noticing in this episode and the one before, and for a part of the first season, I don't think you get a whole lot of the weird camera angles mm. in the later seasons. This whole like, hey, let's pretend we're Hitchcock and film this from a weird <laughs> crooked angle. Like when they're when they're at the what would become the pork store in the pilot. And they're, they're doing all these weird down low upward shots. Mm-hmm. You don't really see much of that after the first season. I mean, everything from the writing, the style, the plots, the, the and how they film it, it all kind of matures as the show goes. It gets along. tighter. It it they 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 drop away the fluff and you but get that, more. That literally is the same with every good show. I mean, you watch the first season of Seinfeld and then watch season six. They're they're very different, extremely different. That's if we're gonna a Seinfeld uh, podcast, which I'm sure there are already nine hundred oh, of them. Yeah, but uh, that's a it's a tougher case because when Larry David leaves, yeah, the, you know he had rules, mm-hmm. no happy endings, you know stuff most stuff based on fact. I love when he talked to Jason Alexander during the first season. Yeah. And Jason Alexander had reservations about doing this scene that George was in because he's like this would never happen. And Larry Davis said it did happen to me. <laughs> like with a total straight yeah. face and Jason had to be like, "Oh. Okay." Like, Kristen didn't know we we actually had this conversation recently. We have watched Seinfeld and I say watched loosely because it's what we put on when we're going to sleep. So if you go on Hulu, you start Seinfeld episode one, season one, and then put your sleep timer on for 60 minutes. Hulu will play like six or seven episodes before it realizes your TV's not on anymore. So the next night when you start again, you're not starting on episode three. You're starting mm-hmm. on episode six or seven. So we haven't watched, but we have cycled seasons one through nine probably ten times in the last few years. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what we fall asleep mm-hmm. to. And she didn't know until recently, because I told her like that George is Larry David. Mm-hmm. George, like the whole George character is Larry David, just like uh, Owen Wilson is Woody Allen in, uh, in Midnight, uh, in Midnight in Paris. Yeah. Like it, it's everything that he does, says, thinks is exactly how Larry David would or actually did react to something. Yeah, you know, speaking of going to bed with TV shows, I think. I haven't been as heartbroken in the last six months as I have been when they took Always Sunny off of Netflix. That was my. When is the next season coming out? I I keep thinking that it's. Sounds like next year. I thought it was going to be a whole lot sooner because they got renewed for like two more. They did get renewed. The problem is the scheduling. So 
You well, got, yeah, Glenn you got Howerton's the, got his biology his new show, show which AP is, Biology. I haven't seen it yet. It's funny as shit. Okay. I think there's three episodes on the NBC app right now, and there's more coming March 1st. You got The Mick, which has been wildly successful. Yeah, and I've seen some of that, but and I don't dislike it, but I didn't get a Charlie Day's the most successful outside of Danny DeVito. Yeah. As far as, I mean, that you can only look at that by career. Right now, Charlie Day Well, he's is, doing the most films, yeah, arguably. But, like, selling films. Like, right. really doing right. well films. So I think what I heard was that with all the conflicts, they will start shooting late this year, have, mm-hmm. an, have a new season early mm-hmm. next. I've been waiting. Still the longest running sitcom in yeah. TV history. I, I, remember the, I remember teasers for season one when I was still in high school. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is, we're, we're going back like over a decade and it's yeah. still going. We have the, the AP biology show. Is very funny. I think there's three episodes that you can watch right now, and they're very good. And it's basically Dennis as a biology teacher. Right. He's one of those act character actors who's doing the same sort of pithy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sarcastic version of himself. Just now, he's in charge of seniors in a high school. <laughs> I actually saw Dennis Howerton a uh, small bit part in a in a movie recently, and it blew my mind. Was it was it a Strangers? movie. No, it was a movie called Everything Must Go. Oh, it's with, a Will, uh, Ferrell, Will Ferrell. Yeah, where he's a drunk and his yeah. wife locks their house and, and divorces him. Yeah, and uh, leaves all his stuff on the front. And but Glenn Howerton was the boss that fires him at the very beginning of the film and then shows up a little later. It was just so funny to see Dennis out of context. Yeah, well, you know he's a friend character in the movie The Strangers. Have you seen The Strangers, the the horror movie where? The Liv Tyler and oh no, I haven't seen it. They're they're in a cabin and they're getting stalked outside by these three people in masks. And then the people in the masks eventually get into the house and they slowly kill them with multiple stab wounds. Glenn Howerton is a friend of theirs that like does this pop in to say hey and ends up getting murdered with a shotgun. Oh, but I remember when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, it's Dennis from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> and that was only like probably when they were on their second season. So this was a while ago. Oh, poor Georgie here. Poor the George bartender, Bada Bing, is just—he—he he just seems to run into Tony at the worst possible. Well, times. you know, he doesn't—he doesn't know how to put a phone on hold. <laughs> so it's the transferring of the call. It's not the—I don't know. The hold. I, I, I press I press zero and then I press hold and I, it doesn't transfer. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's when the phone is taken from you and you're beat about the face with it in front yeah. of strippers and paying customers. A few paying customers. Yeah. Again, this is probably the middle of the day. Seems like the Bada Bing scenes happen mostly in the middle of the day. If you were part... Improvement. Again, these are the, the strippers well, are that improving. One, that one in the middle is the same. No. I'm pretty sure the one on the left is the same. You yeah, from, so? from earlier? No, the one, the one dancing in the middle there is, does not have those massive fake Yes, she jugs. does. Is that the end of the episode? Yeah. He beats, he beats Georgie to death. Wow, we made it. <laughs> we did five minutes of Sopranos material tonight on this yeah, second no, episode. I mean, that's that's no bullshit. We did like forty minutes of garbage, and then we and then, <laughs> and then we we uh, capped it off with some Sopranos coverage. Oh, folks! Well, after the last Sopranos episode was over, we bullshitted about Chick Fil A and past jobs. Uh, you've got a just plethora of good past job stories. The gold, mm. the teeth one comes to mind. Yeah. Anything you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Oh, man. Anything Past good? Jobs. A good? A good little snippet? 
Well, I've done a lot. Um, the tea thing is interesting. I, I, my favorite job that I've ever had was umpiring baseball. Easy money, lots of it, and you're just umpiring baseball. I'd love to, to do that again. There was a two-week period that I sold seamless siding door-to-door. I don't know if you know that. I do not. Uh, never even knocked on a door. Just didn't want to do that. I was 18, <laughs> and the guy paid us $600 a week to... To sell. Supposedly knock on people's doors at roughly the three to six hour... I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's buying it. I, I get in. A couple people let me in. Uh, is uh, When is payday? Then there was a time where I was... In high school playing football, and a guy wanted us to run a football camp. And I have to tell you, looking back on this now, is three of us in high school that played football, he thought uh, that was our only thing that we needed to do to run a children's camp after school program to teach football. And in retrospect, with everything you know today, just a horrible, horrible decision. The only place that we could have, it was a, it was a rundown old Target <laughs> that that they had some batting cages in and a, a and, a con- old and a concession stand and the football area and I'm not kidding about this what it looked like what used to be the old lawn and garden center of a target like it was outside with an awning that was like it was like a disaster <laughs> movie because the awning was ripped and would whipple in the wind <laughs> and on the on the ground out there were like nails and glass and we would send these kids out there to run gassers, like a bunch of 10-year-olds. Don't just, step on the nails. Just running back and forth over, like, nails and, and Coke cans and beer cans and, and used condoms. It, it was really... and when Guys, guys, if you kick a full beer, bring it back to me, please. And uh, technically, yeah, technically I was the foreman of this ragtag operation. And uh, I, I got my ass chewed one night because one of the guys that I hired quote-unquote, had run up an $80 charge at the concession stand Jeez. on credit. And I asked the girl, what did he order? That's a lot of Bubba Burgers. It wasn't. It <laughs> was the Minute made Lemonades. Mm. He had had like 15 of them. Are those carbonated? No, no. I'm talking like, like the ones that you get when you go to like a Braves game that are frozen. Oh yeah, that's a lot of frozen lemonade. He, she was like, it, no joke. He, he kept coming back like every fifteen twenty minutes God, to get your, another lemonade. Your, your tongue would get sore from all the citrus. Yeah, I don't know. I've done a lot of things. Like I said, car shop. You brought up umpiring. Mm-hmm. I have some experience in umpiring. Hmm. This and you know my dad, so you'll appreciate this. I do. Uh, when I was in high school, I think I did this for two or maybe three wreck. Little League Baseball seasons. My dad enlisted me and gave me the task of enlisting two of my friends to be... Uh, it wasn't T-ball uh, league umpire. It was coach pitch. Mm. It's one of those things where the kid gets three shots from a coach pitch, and if they don't pull it off, they get a shot from the tee. Out comes the tee. And then, and then if they don't get it off the tee, that, that's an out. So it's it's very little league, and my dad and so I enlisted one of my really good friends, Adam, and and then the other two or three years it rotated from some other friends of mine. But my buddy Adam, who's the last person who should have been in charge of children on the field, 
And if he was still alive today, he would vouch for that. He's no longer with us. But <laughs> he's the last person who should be in charge of seven-year-olds on a, on a baseball field. But he did it with me every year. And he got such a kick out of this. Every year when the season would get started, even for the guys who had done it before, my dad would give us a breakdown of what you got to do. He would explain what a dead ball is and then just go through all the umpire calls. And my dad has a very distinct way of saying, and when the ball is, when the ball is dead, that's when you call time, you put your hands in the air time. Mm -hmm. And my dad said it in a very Roy Hickman way, arms up time. And and so we all come up with our own way to do it in Mm. our voice, but not Adam. Mm. Adam took it upon himself to do his best impersonation of Roy Hickman. (laughs) For every for every time. So it was the kind of thing where I'd have a, a 10 a.m. game and Adam would have a 10 a.m. Mm. game. And then Adam would have uh, an 11.30 game, but I would have a break. My next game's not till one. So I would have this break, and I would go watch him call his second game. Mm. And every dead ball. Time! <laughs> time! And my, time! And my dad didn't figure it out for a while until I pointed out. I was like, you realize... He's calling time. He's roasting you. He's doing he's doing his best roast impersonation mm. of you yeah. calling dead ball time for the and he did that for three uh, seasons straight. Let me ask you this: and never this, got old. Is this the Adam? This is yes, the, this is the wedding crasher, Adam. Adam. Yes. Well, rest in peace, because what a wedding! Cr- my great my great uh, <laughs> regret. You weren't there. I did not. I left early. That's you know this. This is gonna get touchy if if the, the all the family's listening. But yeah, you you bailed on that wedding well, reception. <laughs> well, to be fair, I it was, you know, I didn't ask, and I had been there early for the for the, the rehearsal dinner. I was there early for everything. I did my job. Yeah. I didn't realize that I needed to. Uh, well, okay, you get I did. I you did announce. Yeah, the yeah, I get announced. I I didn't really realize the. Uh, what was going to happen. But yeah, I will say it probably, might, even if I had known I was probably leaving, probably it, it's Georgia, South Carolina. I was, I was going home. And you probably didn't want to stick around for your bridesmaid either. Well, okay. <laughs> In fairness there, my bridesmaid was. Oh yeah. The, if there was one, I would debate that. I think I had, I think I had the good bridesmaid at that wedding. I was told that my bridesmaid was looking around for me hmm? and not because we were both having our names called over the loud PA system. Yeah, that poor girl had to walk in alone. Oh man! But yeah, that that night, I think I, I think your dad still has like the utmost respect for me for pulling that night off. Oh yeah, he laughed so hard. Yeah, I mean they were dancing with the they, f- the, yeah. the 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 mother of the groom, mother of the groom, our grandmother. She slapped Adam in the dick. <laughs> he, he, I know that, but. What, what was the? Give he me the explained context. it. He explained it. He well, just backstory for the listeners. My friend Adam and Matt, I, I enlisted to crash our Jared's our uncle. Mm-hmm. Our uncle's wedding. He's not that much older than than you, is he? He's six seven yeah. years older. Uh, he's a he's our half uncle. He's a half uncle. Mm-hmm. He's a half brother. So he's not that much older than us. Mm-hmm. Um, I enlisted my friends to crash his wedding reception. Yeah. They decided that they would get the most horrendous, ugly Goodwill suits they could find. I think Adam's suit was purple, and he wore an orange shirt with it, and and uh, and they both have like hair down to their ass. They could not stick out more. They decided their backstory was 
uh, stolen from Wedding Crashers. They're Uncle Ned's kids. Yeah. If anybody asks, <laughs> they're also a gay couple. So it, <laughs> it, it didn't quite line up. The gay thing gets around to our great aunt Cynthia, who of course needs to witness to them. Oh. That happened for a while oh, at the reception. Poor little orphans. Um, yeah. They made sure to eat. They took advantage of the open bar. And at some point, Adam got on the dance floor and just kind of danced on his own. And then, not realizing it, danced with our grandmother. Mm. He steps on her dress, which kind of makes her lunge forward. And when she goes to recover, she smacks him in the dick. Smacks him in the dick. And so, and she had no idea. Nobody had any idea. And understandably so, the bride's family, uh, our our family now, Christina, her family, she they realized that these two probably don't belong here and understandably get nervous that maybe they're going to like steal something from mm. the, the gifts. So word gets around, they're on to something. And wasn't it my old man that said they needed to ski daddle? Well, no, we had a system. I had a date at this wedding and I could not communicate with them directly because it would have been too obvious. So any message that they, they needed to get to me or vice versa went through my date. Mm. She would go by and whisper something to them in passing and pick up a message, bring it back to me. And it was your old man that got on to the fact that people are suspicious. Mm -hmm. He lets me know. I let her know. She tells them to bolt. They do bolt. And then that night, they got pulled over, arrested for marijuana possession. (laughs) And in their suits. And in their suits. And this is not, you know, a big secret. Uh, um, Adam, being the good guy that he was, took complete responsibility for it. So Matt got sent to like cushy overnight Alpharetta jail. Oh. Adam got taken to scary, dangerous downtown Fulton County prison. Ooh. Stayed there for three days as punishment because his folks were so pissed at him at the time. <laughs> and I, I did not know any of this until I got a phone call from Adam days later. I'd been trying to get in touch with him just to laugh about it. And he calls me. He says, hey, man, uh, sorry I haven't talked to you lately. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you come to my mom and dad's house and bring me like three packs of camel filters? And I'll tell you everything that happened. Oh and so God. I get there. He's not been allowed to leave because he got in all this trouble. He's got the baby Huey haircut. Oh. His parents have made him cut his hair. Oh. And he hasn't been able to leave, so he's, he's dying for a cigarette, which is why I had to bring him three. I may as well have taken him a whole carton. And uh, he re- recounts this whole story for him. He's like, man, I spent the night in jail with a guy who slit somebody's fucking throat over my birthday. <laughs> my fucking dad wouldn't come get me because he was mad. <laughs> he's like, and they yeah. made me cut my hair for court. He was so upset. Oh. And that all happened after this awesome wedding crash. But it, that memory, oh, yeah. there's not there's not a year, any reference to that wedding that goes by that that doesn't come up. Oh, I know. I mean, that that is... It's one of those memories. When there was expectations put on me for your wedding to do something. There's been yeah. expectations put on me to do something at all th- those, that side of our family, like events, like what's, and I actually, for your wedding, I was trying to orchestrate something with my buddy, Josh, that I did the sideshow yeah, with. Yeah. Cause he knew some folks through, I think the vortex where we did our comedy show. There used to be a drag show there. Yeah. And I was trying to orchestrate getting a drag queen to, to show up. And, and I don't know if it was your wedding or somebody, it might've been yours. 
was trying to orchestrate something where we could get a drag queen there to kind of roast and have Josh sort of lead them in. Oh. And it was it was the kind of thing where it was like this is this this is too big a scale. I'm not going to be On able to pull such a small wedding. I'm not going to be able yeah. to pull it off. And I think it might have been yours. I was like it's a long distance to get them up there up to But the setting the setting would not have been gr- it would have been perfect cuz you're talking about grandparents so yeah. like there's drag people here. Well cuz what the plan my my in my mind is like they won't be there long. What we'll do is I'll have Josh basically steal a DJ mic mm. and intro a drag queen. Sure. Nobody's going to see it coming. <laughs> and for however long people tolerate it, we'll let that drag queen put on a show. <laughs> Maybe roast you or whatever. It's like it was this big grand idea and I ran it by Josh and he's like, I'll try and get in touch with Brent Starr or one of the Atlanta drag. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, he's like, I'll, I'll go. I'm, I'm game. We yeah. just got to put it together. But it was a thought that came too late. Yeah, too that, that one needs that's a long con. It would have been. It would have been. The good news is, it's a good one to have in the back pocket, and I have a friend who is loves and and does and works in that industry. Oh yeah. Uh, shout out to Salem Hellfire. She is one of the best <laughs> in Atlanta. Always down at church, and I think can, there's another place she goes and does some shows. But can we fly her to Los Angeles in July? <laughs> uh, Salem Hellfire, please do subscribe. And quick question. Uh, can you be in California? I think that would be, yeah, interesting. It, you'd have to start now, and plus we might have blown our cover. Well, yes, I mean this is gonna undoubtedly be listened to by our immediate family if 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 they liked episode one. They didn't, so we're hoping <laughs> that season episode two of season one. But Anyways, yeah. been a long one. Yeah, let's wrap this up. I want to say quickly. Rest in peace to the greatest wedding crasher. No kidding. And a guy that took a... F- that's a real friendly, manly, awesome, badass, great dude thing to do to take the rap for everything <laughs> and spend three days in Fulton County rather than the white-collar prison in Alpharetta for, yeah. for 12 hours. <laughs> uh, so rest in peace to, to Adam. That's a hell of a story. <laughs> and something that definitely made that night better and also provided me with one of the great regrets because Georgia ended up losing... And I missed out yeah. on the wedding crash. Well, you got to see pictures. Therefore, unfortunately, there's pictures. no video, but there's some great pictures. And my favorite one is of, is of our aunt Cynthia talking to them, and I About, know yeah, what she's she that she's witnessing. Right. She's, she she caught wind of the fact that they're gay. Got to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> what that might have been, or what that sounded like, we'll never know. But rest in peace, and uh, thank you for. For staying with us for the what it might be the <laughs> longest half, of yeah. an hour and a half of Be- our. Believe it or not, this has been uh, episode two of The Sopranos. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna close it. We're out gonna here. streamline this thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about entertainment. So thank you all and uh, have a good night. TPTO out. Boom.